All right, Kirby. So I actually gave some thoughts to our topics this week, which I very rarely do. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 160 of Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the empresario of e-commerce solutions, Dr. Kirby Hossam. Kirby, how the hell are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. I uh, had a great golf weekend with my buddies, and so I'm always uh, a little slow on the uptake the day after that, but I'm, I'm muddling through. I feel like I need about two days to recover from my uh, weekend, but I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? Doing really well, and uh, I'm sure your liver is trying to recover from uh, whatever pollutants you put in there over the weekend. For sure. Um, but I'm I'm glad you're doing well. I'm doing great as well. Getting ready to head out to Spark. Uh, speaking at Spark this week, uh, the PPAI event for young professionals, and really looking forward to that. So you and I are recording early this week. Yes. And uh, there's a reason I called you the impresario of e-commerce solutions. Kirby, would you like to know why that is? I would love to know why that is. And because we are sponsored today by the good strongs over at CommonSkew. You know, they created those CommonSkew shops as the answer for distributors who struggle with those clunky, complicated, and ugly stores where you usually need some sort of IT professional to really administrate. Right, absolutely. And and we've really tried to start utilizing the shops. They're very easy to use. And actually, right as soon as we're done recording this, I'm heading to a meeting with a new client where I will be talking to them about the ease and uh, putting together a store for some of their corporate apparel. So it is pretty excellent. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you're going to share with that uh, client uh, the fact that there's no complicated purchasing methods, that uh, there's no complicated ordering, there's no complicated inventory, that the Comiskey shops and what you're going to present is really a frictionless experience that's going to eliminate all of those hassles. And uh, I'm sure they're going to be extremely excited. So if you want to learn more about the Comiskey shops, go ahead and visit our friends at Comiskey at commonskew.com slash shops. You won't be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, before we get started, I always like to remind everybody the podcast that you're currently listening to is also available on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Go ahead and use the search feature in your podcast uh, listening device of your choosing. Type in Promo Corner, hit that handy subscribe button, and you'll get to hear Kirby and I's dulcet tones in your ears <laughs> on a weekly basis. And gosh darn it, what's more exciting than that? Wow, that was the, you used your sexy voice there. That was awesome. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Kirby, uh, do you have a couple topics you want to record at, uh, let's say, a... Uh, Let's say a persimmon level this week since you just got done playing golf. <laughs> that sounds you, amazing. Yeah. Do you have a topic you want to start us off with? Sure. Sure. I'll jump in. Uh, as you know, I, I kind of troll different websites for looking for topics for the show, and one of them's LinkedIn. And uh, one that came across um, was a headline that asked if uh, drinking alcohol should be banned on planes. And uh, essentially the idea being a high percentage of, of their incidents, I'm using quotation marks here, um, are alcohol related. And they're mm -hmm. wondering if alcohol will go the way of smoking. And um, as a person who travels a lot, I kind of wanted your take. I certainly have an opinion on this. So uh, what, what say Bill on this? You know, it's one of those issues that's probably a little bit more complicated than our podcast would allow for. But my, my reaction, yeah, and my, <laughs> my reaction, and as I was thinking about it, is really no. Um, he, here's the thing. First of all, I, I have a hard time believing 
any airline would get rid of anything that is a revenue stream for them. <laughs> That's a great so, point. So, <laughs> number one, uh, it they they uh, they make quite a bit of money on alcohol sales. Yeah. So that's a big one. Number two, I think the thing is you just really need to enforce already um, already rule or, or things that already have rules attached to them by the airlines and the FAA. You know, yeah, I have been on planes where I'm I'm getting on a plane, I'm on the jet bridge, and there's some dude who's who's you know three sheets to the wind, smells like the Jack Daniels distillery. No, that guy should not be served another drink. And so, right. uh, you know, flight attendants need probably to feel a little bit more empowered to say no and refuse service when someone's obviously intoxicated. Right. But I think there's already rules in place to, to handle those things. I mean, I, I'm sorry, there's not much to do on a plane. And, <laughs> you know, flying is a, what used to be a, a really fun experience is a truly horrendous experience generally. Right. Um, granted, the job of the plane is get you to point A and point B, and they're, they're tremendously successful at that. Right. But it generally is an unpleasant thing. And if you're like me, I've got to connect. And so I'm always wondering, am I going to make my connection? Sometimes i got to check luggage. And just the way my brain is wired, I'm terminally trying to figure out, did my blood bags make the plane? And God <laughs> forbid if I have a connection, is it going to make the next flight? So all those things. So I, I do enjoy a, a cocktail on occasion on the plane, usually just one because you do get a little little quicker buzz uh, up at 30,000 feet. But I, I think it would be foolish to go ahead and, and say no more alcohol because there's a few ding-dongs who can't handle it. And you have flight attendants who aren't enforcing the policies that are already in place. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I, I the, the reality of it is I actually don't – I very rarely drink on planes. I mean I do occasionally, um, but the reality of it is I often travel alone. And so I'm either going home where I'm going to need to drive an hour and a half uh, home uh, from wherever airport I go from. and then um, Or I'm going to an area where I don't always know the area and I want the, the full uh, amount of my faculties so that I can figure out where I'm going. Um but the other reality of it is, is there's, there is alcohol in airports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you take away the opportunity for somebody to have a beer there, they're just going to have three more beers in the bar waiting. So I think this is one of those things. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't thought about the revenue stream, which is yeah. a great point. But the, the idea of it's one that you're just going to get people who are more drunk when they walk on. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that this is one of those things that – is it's good conversation, but I I don't I don't see it happening. I, I don't either. And again, like you said, there are you know every restaurant has booze in uh, the airport just about, right. and and a lot of airports you can walk. They encourage you to go and walk around with you. Hey, take get get a beer and walk around with it. I know here in Nashville they've got that policy. It's mm. just like a, it's like freaking Mardi Gras in the airport. <laughs> or, you know, it's like it's an extension of Lower Broadway. Uh, so that's... I don't think you're going to be able to legislate against it. I think you just need to you know use good judgment in in. Flight attendants need to feel empowered that they can stop somebody from drinking. Yeah, I like it. Cool. All right, Kirby. So I actually gave some thoughts to our topics this week, which I very rarely do. <laughs> and uh, I, so you, you generally go to like LinkedIn to find topics and things like that. Believe it or not, most of the times I just actually close my eyes and just kind of let my brain wander into either things I'm experiencing or things right. that are on my mind. So here's something that's on my mind. We hear a lot about the entrepreneurial spirit or entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me it's one of those things that isn't really defined. Mm. We say that someone has a real entrepreneurial spirit. 
And I thought it would be interesting if we kind of defined it and what it means to us. Now, again, I have an advantage here because I came up with the topic. <laughs> sure. So would you like to pretend to listen to me while I go through mine? Or do you have immediate thoughts that you'd like to get off your chest? I, I mean, I have some immediate thoughts, but I'd kind of like to hear where you're going with this. And then I'll give you okay. my take. So I've often been, people have told me I have an entrepreneurial mindset, but I'm not an entrepreneur, right? right? We've talked about when I was at Brand of Ape, when I started my own company, I was very much an accidental entrepreneur. It was right. not on purpose. I built Brand of Ape to try to find a job. And then, wow, lo and behold, it actually became a, a fairly lucrative enterprise uh, for me. But there came to a point where I had to figure out, do I want to continue doing this? Do I have the stomach to hire people and actually run a company right. on my own dime? Or is it time to remember why I built Brandivate and, and find a job? And I ultimately decided it was time to, to explore other options. And obviously, that's where Promo Corner came in and purchased Brandivate. Now I run Promo Corner, and it's, it's been fantastic. So I think I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm not an entrepreneur. So to me, what an entrepreneurial spirit means that you're very focused on your passion. Um, mm -hmm. I think most entrepreneurs are very focused on their passion. I think as an entrepreneur, someone with an entrepreneurial spirit, you're always questioning how can things be done better? Mm -hmm. How can things be improved? I think most people with an entrepreneurial spirit are very optimistic about the possibilities, about yeah. the outcomes. Um, I think people with an entrepreneurial spirit are always willing to take um, calculated risks. There's yep. always risk involved. If, if you don't have the stomach to take a risk, you don't have an entrepreneurial spirit. And then the final one I came up with, and I think this is probably the most one, and I think it'll probably be the one that pops into your mind, Kirby. Above everything else, people with an entrepreneurial spirit execute. They are doers. Mm. They get shit done. You and I have talked a million times on this podcast, off this podcast, whatever. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Mm. Everybody's got ideas. It takes the stomach, the fortitude, the drive, the determination, the blood, sweat, and tears to actually execute on those ideas to really make something happen. And to me, that's what really defines someone with an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, no, I think what you – this is a cool topic. I'm enjoying it. So the – I think you're exactly right. I think the difference between someone um, that, as you said, has an entrepreneur spirit versus an entrepreneur, it comes back to me, the idea of an introvert versus an extrovert. Mm -hmm. You actually have talked a little bit about this with me in the past where you're like, well, you know, I, I'm, I can be extroverted, but I, you know, I'm introverted by nature. I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert right. is what I always say. And, and I heard somebody or say – Actually, I'm sorry, an extroverted introvert. I always get that mixed up. I'm an extroverted introvert. Got it. Very much so. But I think where – somebody who's an introvert, it isn't that you can't talk to people. It's mm -hmm. just what brings you energy, mm -hmm. right? Like for some people, going to a party with a lot of people, that brings them energy. That is, that's where they find their source of inspiration. And an introvert sometimes wants to get back uh, to their house and get in a dark room, and that, that kind of refeeds their soul. I, I kind of draw that same conclusion to entrepreneurial spirit versus, okay. versus uh, being an entrepreneur. What, what gives you joy? What feeds you? Um, for me, what feeds me is trying to find the, the, the newest thing, the newest uh, venture, and working for someone else that, that might kind of quash that a little bit, that sucks the life out of me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and whereas I think that uh, other folks would like to have that kind of give and take. Um, like, for example, I worked at Longerberger for a while, um, and 
I worked in a great department. We did all kinds of cool stuff, but I was constantly coming up with ways that made total sense to me for Longerburger to, <laughs> even years and years ago, kind of become a media company. I'm like, mm-hmm. we should have our own network and we should do this and we should do that. Essentially, new business ventures for them. And there was a chain of command that that had to run up and they always got quashed, right? And that drove me crazy. Oh, I'm sure. And so, and by the way, in the spirit of where they were, it was probably the right decision. But the way my mind works constantly goes there. Um, And I think that um, just flat out traits, you're exactly right. Wildly optimistic, sometimes overly so. Mm -hmm. Um, You're totally right about taking risks. I think I've gotten better as I've gotten older about being smarter about those risks. Um, The other thing I think um, is it's important to define what success looks like. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges that we run into nowadays is that um, people feel like you have to be Mark Zuckerberg to be a successful entrepreneur. And there are so many people who have started businesses that are lifestyle businesses. They, mm-hmm. they support their lifestyle and they're happy and make whatever they make a year, but it supports what they're doing. That's success to those folks. I think that's one of the things that entrepreneurs need to be smart about is not chasing sort of, oh, I got to make a million dollars a year because that doesn't happen to many people. And so, so those are sort of my kind of random thoughts about that question is going, look, just define what you want to be success and chase that. And if you can't stand the idea of working for somebody else, that might, that might mean that you're more of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I'll, let me jump off that a little bit. Cause I think, I think you hit on something that was really interesting to me, Kirby. It's, you know, you have to, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you really, but you don't have the stomach to be an entrepreneur. That's a tough place to be in. And that's, right. that's me. I mean, I'll be first to say it. I, I, that is me. I'm constantly pushing new ideas. And I'm very, very fortunate that I found an organization and, and a partner in Joel Moore that not only tolerates that, he encourages it, he feeds right. it. So, you know, I, I have, to, I, I, I like to joke, you know, when I, um, when I started the division of promotional products at Guy Brown, when, when you know, if, if you have an opportunity to start a business with somebody <laughs> else's money, I highly recommend it. And I say that tongue in cheek, but that's what it's, that's what fed me so much. Right. And then now when I hear at Promo Corner, I have really the same opportunity because I have someone, a partner in Joel, who, like I said, is encouraging and wants me to push and wants me to, to go basically whatever dumb idea I have, let's at least explore it. Um, and so the other I think, thing about him too is I think he has skills that that complement yours. Yes. Right. Like he can help you execute on things that you know just the, the skill sets complement each other too. I'd like to think so, and so I feel like I found a very fortunate position. But you know, looking back in my career, when I did feel unfulfilled, when I did feel like I was just a cog in a machine, it was those times when I didn't feel like I had great partnerships where our, my ideas got squashed, like you right. Longenberg, Longenberger or, or things like that. So I think it's really, uh, for me, it was to to do that self-assessment. Right. You know, at Brandivate, I, I think I've told you this, I've said it on the podcast, I didn't expect it to become a business, and it did. And then I fell victim to doing what a lot of people do. I fell in love with my own brand and realized this is not for me. I love the brand, but... I really need a partner to work with here. I need right. to work for somebody with somebody. So. Well, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about self-awareness mm-hmm. and how that is the game. And I, you know, I think that's super important, right? Like I've, I've often thought, you know, what would happen if, you know, it's, and again, it's hard not to think about this in our industry uh, occasionally is 
like when it seems like every other day there's a new acquisition announcement. What would happen if if we were acquired, right? Yeah. What would happen? I like could I work in those? And I think I could, but it's it, when I think about it, it doesn't necessarily bring me joy. Yeah. And so um, now with me, I've got several other uh, entrepreneurial ventures, so yeah. I could pull that from other areas. But right. it's that's what brings me energy. Now, uh, an interesting discussion, so I'm glad you were able to play along. I, I, I Thanks, thought man. you'd like it. I really thought you would. You got another topic for us, Curb? I do. Um, you mentioned you're going to be speaking at Spark uh, yep. this week, so I'm, I, I think that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear about that. Spark this week, Proforma's convention next week, the Bill Petrie World Tour continues. <laughs> that's amazing. And then um, I'm actually heading to a conference uh, for the next couple of days, too. Um, just And the topic of sort of where you get education, where mm-hmm. you invest in yourself uh, came to mind because I'm like, you know, more and more, and I, I just spent a couple of days with folks that don't necessarily have the same interests in me. And so it's one of the things I think that you and I have this great relationship where we can bounce ideas off each other, be accountable to each other. But one of the things that I'm constantly looking for places where I can learn. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of ask you sort of where are the places right now? Obviously, yep. educational conferences you're going to be speaking at, but, I, you know, we attend them as well. Yeah. Um, is it podcasts? Is it books? Where is it you go to kind of fill up your brain and kind of inspire yourself, inspire you right now? That's a great, great question. So I, I still read um, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I'm falling – I find myself I'm falling victim to just – uh, kind of slovenly activities, sloth-like activities on the weekends and not reading <laughs> as much as I'd like to. So I need to get back to that. Um, but we um, have identified a couple conferences that, that we want to uh, attend. Um, I know I'll be going to the uh, Digital Marketing Summit in Dallas in December. Nice. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm planning on going to Content Marketing World next year mm. uh, from our friend Joe Paluzzi. Yep. Uh, and I, or he's, I guess, not really part of that anymore, but he, he's yep, launched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are things I get my inspiration of, of. I really look forward to attending things and not speaking. Right. Um, I'm not going to the North American Leadership Conference this year. I've gone in the years past from PPAI. It's just not going to work this year for, for a variety of reasons. So I'll miss that. In the past, I've drawn some things uh, from, from that event. And that's an in-the-industry in the event. And this uh, coming uh, January, I'm not speaking at PPAI Expo. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to taking a year off and looking at uh, attending some education right. sessions. I think that's something you and I have always lamented. We're so busy on education day, I don't get to attend right. your session or maybe a session Cliff Quicksell's doing or Paul Kiwi or Danny Rosen. Bobby Lehue, and on and on and on. And so I'm looking forward to that quite a bit as well. What about you? Yeah, I tell you, I've really kind of re... And, and I think it's just a season in my life right now because I'm looking at it and going, okay, the girls are moving on to their next season. So I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to be doing? And this this Sky Sprout Summit in Columbus, when I saw that Gary Vaynerchuk was going to be speaking you know, an hour and 15 minutes from me, I'm like, okay, I've traveled around to see this. I'm going to go to something more local. I'm excited about that. Um, and it is specifically digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, heading to SKU Camp uh, yep. again this time. That's Another always great a event. One. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, unfortunately, I'll be missing that this year. Yeah, but that'll be good. And then, yeah, the, just looking for those opportunities. And then for me, again, books, 
I've, I've really upped my game listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, I, I've, I've read and listened to fewer books because I find myself listening to podcasts that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's either way, right? Either way, if yeah. it's if it's educating and lifting me up, I think it's a win. So those are those are places I've been going. That's great stuff, and and I think you and I would both be uh, on the same page here. Just in any way you continue learning is is good, right? Um, and, and I even something as small as reading somebody's blog, listening to a oh, podcast, yeah. uh, like you said, or or just opening yourself up to new ideas. Um, I think that's just so important. So great, great stuff, Kirby. Kirby, we are now at the time where I actually remember this week to unveil nice. our promo person of the week. Whoop, whoop. As we de- dedicate uh, someone in the promo industry who is grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Now, I'm going to do a first here. I, mean, I have two, but they're related. So it's okay. like a, it's, I, you'll, you'll, ind- please indulge me, Kirby. I, I, I am indulging the hell out of you. I pick Lori Eaton and Mike Eaton. Are you familiar with the Eatons? I, I don't believe I am. Tell okay. me about them. So Lori Eaton is a multi-line rep in Texas and Oklahoma. And okay. She represents Callaway and Richardson Cap and Tomax Innovation Line, nice. Oregadio. She's got a great, great line, a couple others as well. When you, when you meet Lori, and I met her when I was back in my brand of eight days, and I was working with Oregadio, and she was obviously a, a multi-line rep for Oregadio, and so her and I formed a great relationship, and she is such a lovely human being. The one thing I love about her, we've talked in, our, uh, in a past podcast about multi-line reps, and if you go to her website, she says that as an organization, her greatest joy is to make it easy for the supply, for the distributor, and they seek out suppliers that share that same intention, and I nice. love that. Yeah. Um, and the reason I pick Mike as well, so Mike is her son, okay. and he still helps her from time to time, but he is also, he's moved from Texas to Los Angeles, and he's pursuing his dream, which okay. I'm always a fan of. Right. Pursuing his dream of, of, of being a stand-up comedian. And cool. he's, he's doing, you can see it, and if you follow him on Facebook or Instagram, Mike Eaton, you can see all these cool things that he's doing. And we, you and I talk about building in a life intentionally. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing I learned from you, that phrase. So I'm not going to steal it. That is your phrase. <laughs> you talk about two people living their life intentionally. Mike and Lori Eaton absolutely personify that to me and really are some some of the really cool people that make up the real all the colors of our industry rainbow Mm. and so super cool people um love what they do super passionate when mike comes and helps his mom at a show or things like that he still loves this industry but to know someone's pursuing their dream always makes me happy that's that's cool. That's a good one. You kind of went off a little bit on the path, and I dig it. So that's yeah. uh, that's that's fun. That's a good one. So well the, done, friend. Well, thank you. The box of virtual um, Scantron machines are on their way. <laughs> Kirby, Scantron machines. Yeah, we are at the point of this podcast, Kirby, where we thank our sponsor for filling the blank, and that'd be our good pals at Gold Star. Yeah. You know, I'm holding a Gold Star pen right now. Kirby, do you have one you can click? Thank you. We know that they're well known in our industry for having uh, fantastic and fun writing instruments and, and they're quite quality. In fact, they're the leader in the category. And a lot of companies say they're leaders in the category, but they don't have to back it up with anything because it's just a generic marketing business term that really doesn't mean a damn thing. Right. Well, let me help define it. The biggest thing I think that helps define why Gold Star is the leader in the promotional products industry for writing instruments 
is their capacity which leads to speed. They have more full color and laser engraving decoration capacity than any writing instrument company in the industry, period. That's a fact. That makes them leader. But what that translates into is the speed in which they can provide pens. They have the quickest turnaround times in the in industry from a standard perspective. Full color wrap and bestsellers, 24-hour turnaround. And then there's 72-hour production on just about everything else. And that all includes, right, we've talked about this before, that includes free shipping in the United States, continental United States, and Canada. So you talk about why someone's a leader in the industry, that's why they're the leader. So if you want to learn more and get some great ideas on how pens can be more than just a promotional writing instrument, go ahead and sign up for your free brand story toolkit and visit them at goldstarpens.com slash toolkit. You're not going to be sorry you did. You will not be sorry. All right, Kirby, I have a theme this week for fill in the blank. Do you mind if I get rolling on it? Go for it. All right, I don't know if you saw this, but um, uh, I don't know if you saw that the 007 codename, James Bond, okay. is going to be reassigned. Oh, okay. So um, in the next James Bond movie, it will still be um, the same actor, Daniel Craig, who plays James Bond, but 007, the... Uh, the code name is being reassigned to an African-American actress, which I think is phenomenal, okay. named La Lashana Lynch. So we're going to talk about James Bond today and fill in the blank, Curly. Okay, I'll Curly. do my best. So I just called you Curly. Yes, I, I, I let it go. What the hell's up with that? What's my <laughs> prop today? All right, the actor you most identify with James Bond 007 is blank. Pierce Brosnan. Wow. All right, Kirby, coming in from left field. What does Curly think of that? <laughs> Curly agrees. Uh, no, yeah. So I, I think it's one of those people that, at least for me growing up, uh, when I saw Pierce in other things, I, he just always personified what I thought 007 was supposed to be. So when he became, um, you know, James Bond, I was like, yeah, that, mm -hmm. that totally fits for me. And then, you know, he, he had a nice little run and, and then moved on. I, I, I always think Pierce is one of those guys who has the look, he has the accent, he has mm -hmm. all that stuff. And he, in my experience, doesn't seem to take himself too seriously, which I always kind of like. So well, I'm going over, over Sean Connery. Very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you have, do you have a theme this week, Kirby? I, I do. Movies. Oh, hey, look at us. Yes, right? Okay. So and that's very serendipitous because we did not talk about this. So this that's is correct. All right, that's correct. Ahead. So your favorite comedy movie of all time is? Ooh. <laughs> Jeez, I'm, I'm going to have to go Vacation, the original Vacation. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Still makes me giggle like a schoolgirl every time I see it. I, <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, there's so many great little quotes in there. Um, yes. You know, it, it, it is definitely a period piece now. You, you yeah. watch it, and it just screams 1979. But <laughs> it is so good and so rich with comedy. I'm going to have to go with the original Vacation, Kirby. That's a good one, man. Blank is your favorite James Bond movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. This is where I'm going to struggle. Um, I'm not a ginormous James Bond person, so. What? <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm struggling to come up with a title of a movie. So I got nothing. Okay, at least you didn't. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't say You're what. Good. No, I'm not going to say the name of that movie. Yeah, I know because very very tense. Because that's the only one I could think of. And so I'm not going to say that. I think it's called Octocat. Octocat? Yes. yes, that was the only movie title I could think of and yeah. Kill Me Twice or something like that. So I'm, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick for you. You okay. Only Live Twice or From Russia With Love. Those are the two you should have picked. 
Okay. You only live twice. Okay. Thank you. Good job. All right. The, the movie that makes you stop every time it is on TV is... Oh, you know what I'm going to answer <laughs> here do. because this came from Facebook yesterday. The greatness that is Roadhouse. <laughs> Just remember, Kirby, pain don't hurt. Um, <laughs> nothing will arrest me faster than knowing that I can watch Dalton for two hours clean up the double deuce and... <laughs> Make sure that he shares his philosophy of life with the, uh, you know, he's a cooler. He's not, he's not a bouncer. He's a cooler. Right. And you know what you have to do, Kirby? You be nice until it's time not to be nice. Yes, absolutely. So it's got to be Roadhouse, the greatest cinematic achievement of 1989. Yeah, well, I thought you'd be bigger. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, Kirby. The best theme song for a James <laughs> Bond movie is blank. Because they're very famous for their theme songs. Yeah. Um, there was a Duran Duran one. A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill would be my would be my answer on this. I, I, I apologize. I'm I'm totally whiffing on this. This is I've just never okay. been a James Bond uh, aficionado. But yeah, A View to a Kill is a song that I at least am familiar with. Okay. Funny aside about that, when Duran Duran uh, played at Live Aid, they sang that song, and, and poor Simon LeBond, his voice cracked during that song, <laughs> like in front of 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium and in front of like a billion people worldwide. So, yeah, that's a bummer. That's a tough one, pal. All right, Kirby, got another one? I do. So, you know how the, when you've got your movie edit and then you've got your TV edit, you mm-hmm. know, where they take out the things that are objectionable. So, mm-hmm. The movie that is so much better in theaters than on TV edit is? Uh, the Terminator. Um, Ooh, okay. They have to butcher that pretty hardcore, the original Terminator. So, yeah, I don't have an elaboration on that. Just the Terminator, Kirby. I, I like that. I give you Bull Durham as a... As oh, a that'd be a good one, too. Yeah, because, like, all of the speeches, they have to cut them out entirely. Yeah, or, or they just, like, start blanking words. And yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. All right, Kirby. Here's another one you're probably going to struggle with. <laughs> Almost <fun>. for sure. <laughs> the best or most memorable James Bond villain is? Uh, Dr. Evil? Oh, God. No. <laughs> We're not even at rapid fire yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked Mike Myers in that. He was he was really, really okay. funny. Okay, the, the correct answer... <laughs> Is 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 either Jaws or uh, Odd Job or um, the leader of Spectre, whatever. Okay, Kirby, go ahead and ask me your last one. You're giving me tired now. <laughs> the movie that everyone seems to love that you don't really care for is. Hmm, I do like movies. Um, I don't know. I, um, what movie was that? Oh, I know. Um, the the new Elton John biopic. Oh, yeah. You didn't like Rocket Man, huh? Horrible. <laughs> Absolutely right. horrible. I wanted to like it so much. I love Elton John. I yep. I think he is amazing, and and I've never been to a movie that was specifically built to become a Broadway musical. Mm, and yeah. I don't, you know, when you compare it to what Bohemian Rhapsody was, which was a pretty good telling of Freddie Mercury's story when Queen. Yeah. I don't like when people break into song for plot advancement. Hmm. I don't walk around and talk to somebody and say, hey, man, I got to pay the rent, and then start snap. <laughs> got to pay the rent. The rent. 
the rent. Gotta pay the rent. The rent. I don't do that. And so I don't like that kind of crap. So it was it was very difficult to watch. I, I went with um, Sandy, and I wanted to get up and walk out at least four or five times. It was just that bad. Yeah, I I actually I watched Rocket Man as well, and uh, I don't go to the theater as much as I you know probably will here coming <laughs> coming up, and that one made me uncomfortable. Uh, it that, didn't make that, me uncomfortable. I just thought it was boring and stupid. Yeah. Okay. That's All right, Kirby. So we are at rapid fire. Now, this shouldn't be difficult for you. Um, I know you're not a big moviegoer. I just found that out, or I wouldn't <laughs> have had the whole theme of the day be movies. I love it. So we're going to talk about action heroes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you two choices, two choices only. You just pick the first one that comes to your mind. There's no right answer, Kirby. There's no wrong answer. You can't possibly screw this up. This is just a fun little thing we're going to do to end the podcast. I love it. All right. Are you ready? Yes. All right, Kirby. Batman or Superman? Batman. Iron Man or Captain America? Iron Man. Luke Skywalker or James Tiberius Kirk? Luke Skywalker. Neo from The Matrix or Blade? Neo. Harry Callahan from Dirty Harry or Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon? Martin Riggs. Maximus from Gladiator or Spartacus? Spartacus. King Leonidas from 300 or William Wallace from Braveheart? William Wallace. Mad Max or John Rambo? John Rambo. Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies? Mm, Yeah. Or Snake Plissken from Escape from New York and Escape from L.A.? Oh, Sarah Connor for sure. These are going to get tough for you. You're doing well so far, I have to say. John Wick? Or Jason Bourne? Ooh, Jason Bourne. Jack Ryan, you know, from the Tom Clancy mm-hmm. movies, Hunt for Red October. Or Ethan Hunt? I'll go Ethan Hunt. Wrong. Kat- <laughs> Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games or Ellen Ripley from the Alien films? Oh, I'm going to go Katniss. Uh, Dutch, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Predator, or the T-800, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in The Terminator? T-800. Conan the Barbarian or Robocop? Oh, Conan the Barbarian. Han Solo or Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. And I know how you're going to answer this one. James Bond or John McClane from Die Hard? Oh, God, that's the easiest one yet. John McClane. Wrong. The answer was James (laughs) Bond, one of the most culturally significant um, action heroes in our uh, society, quite frankly. So you screwed that up. Again, I, I... we go over the rules every time. I don't even know why anymore because you just throw them out the window willy nilly. But you know, I've been wondering. I've been wondering why you go over them every time too. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> um, it's gotten to a point where you could wake me up from a cold, dead sleep at three seventeen in the morning, and I could rattle off the. You're know, just going to pick two here, Kirby. One or the other. There's no <laughs> wrong answer. But you know where there's always a right answer, Kirby. Where's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be our good, good friends over at Common Skew. They created those Common Skew Common Skew shops. Got ahead of myself there a little bit. They're that new easy way for Common Skew users to build quick ordering solutions online for their clients. You're going to present one to a client here uh, in a couple of hours, and I know they're going to have their socks knocked clean off their bodies. So if you <laughs> want to learn more, go ahead and visit commonskew.com slash shops. You're going to learn how there's no complicated inventory, no complicated purchasing methods. There's nothing complicated about the ordering process, no multiple data entries. It's truly that frictionless experience. So go ahead and learn more. Kirby, thanks again for doing this podcast. And... Uh, you need to go see more James Bond movies. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.